0: welcome back. <laughs> I'm saying that to myself cuz I've been gone for a while. Uh it's the 30 and a half episode of Sweet Tea and D&D and Jamie won't stop giggling. At me. I thought
1: you were going to do some weird ASMR type thing like welcome back. Welcome I'm like back. <laughs> eat a head of lettuce over the microphone.
0: First of all, I will never do that. <laughs> I haven't eaten lettuce in 20 years. Uh wow
1: i haven't had letters in 20 years
0: (laughs) i'm very low in vitamins uh so (laughs) low in water (laughs) low in water content uh so this is our special listener episode is what we're gonna call it because we're pieces of shit who didn't plan ahead or prepare for backup episodes while over the holidays
1: don't have to tell them these things They
0: they know you made an assumption and you probably assumed correctly
1: it's because Zach was out of the country.
0: I was out of the country and I had Christmas and I just finished moving and we're sitting at a computer covered in other boxes and other things because, you know, life's tough.
1: There's a lot of life happening right now.
0: Not really, but a lot of boxes, but, a lot of paper cuts.
1: <laughs> so uh, we're doing this one because we finally got a listener request. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You're one took, in a million. It took 30 episodes. And we finally got one. <laughs> <laughs> um this is from Facebook and Corey, the Candyman. I'm assuming that's not his actual real last name. Don't um, judge him. I mean, it's not judgment. If that was his actual last name, that'd be boss. Because he mixes it with love. Yes. <laughs> he mixes it with love. and makes the world taste, taste good. good. <laughs> but anyway, I just, <laughs> that just sounds like a That was hand. more
0: of a gag at the song, not your name. Not your name. Yeah, sorry.
1: Sorry, Corey. Um, but he just... wrote us that we Shawnee needed Jet to check out it with love. No, he's mixing a lot of other things. Um, but he requested the Bal Hannah and told us he thought it was really cool and we should discuss it. And so we are.
0: Yeah, <coughs> we are. What do you want? How are we going to do this? Splits things. Um, I don't know. I'll start, and then you can jump in later. Do it. <laughs> do you want a popcorn read like we're in grade school again? Oh,
1: God. Do you want to read a paragraph? Is that what we're doing? I'm no, just
0: kidding. Just read the tale
1: I mean, I can.
0: Do it. I can read from here. Let's, let's do, make some um, magic. So which one, just, which paragraph has the curse word in it? That's the one I always wanted in school. I None don't, of them. Damn. I, don't,
1: I mean, it'd be boss. They... <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Native to the bitch-ass Shadowfell. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. say- oh, I didn't know you were visiting today. Look, I didn't say motherfucker.
1: Native <laughs> uh, to the Shadowfell, the vicious predatory Balhanath alters reality in its lair to make the place appear inviting to travelers. Once they step inside, the Balhanath springs its trap. Thanks to a limited form of telepathy, a Balhanath can sense the desires of other creatures and identify images... Of places where they expect those desires to be met.
0: That's weird. It reads your thoughts and be like, "Hey, welcome to Kinkos," and just like you needed something printed, and it eats you.
1: Oh, for reading. Welcome to Kinkos. <laughs> <laughs> it might be a Hastings. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hastings, they have everything. I just want to walk Except in and look around. anymore because oh. they all close
1: down. <laughs> Uh Yes, the Balhanath can then warps reality around it, remaking its environment so that it matches the appearance of the place the creature seeks. That'd be really great for like story play. Um, the Balhanath never quite gets all the details right and plenty of incongruities might give away the deception, but the imitation is good enough to fool desperate creatures into stumbling into the monster's clutches. About Hannah thrives on fear and despair, taking pleasure in the horror its victims experience. terror oh, ter- horror. horror. It terrorizes its prey by using its reality-warping powers to mask its presence until it can snatch the target. Then it teleports away to feed on its victims.
0: Oh, damn. That's... Fucked up.
1: That'd be so unnerving. Like, you're in Kinko's, and then this <laughs> big-ass booger comes and grabs you. <laughs> the
0: employee is like, I'll take that. And just, like... And it's like your copy are already. Yeah. <laughs> and it just like pulls you in. Would you like it collated? <laughs> oh gosh.
1: Um Drow hunting parties and other denizens of the underdark sometimes venture into the Shadowfell. What?
0: Denizens? Is that another word? Denizen. Denizen?
1: It's hyphenated. It is hyphenated. In it's my, very <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> in my defense, I can't read. It. I just didn't know this word. Um How does it pronounce again? Denizens? 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 Um, drowing hunting parties and other denizens of the Underdark sometimes venture into the Shadowfell to capture Balhannas. I don't know why. Um, they ins- they install the creatures as guardians, protecting passages from enemy intruders and cutting off avenues of retreat or watching o- over slaves.
0: Damn, that's <laughs> fucked up.
1: That'd be so cruel. It's like these are the things that run the Matrix.
0: Oh yeah, a little bit.
1: Like that'd be. That's a cool plot twist. Like, these things run the Matrix, and they feed off of probably the energy that the person would give out. That'd be
0: cool. Don't mean to read their lair?
1: I mean, you certainly can.
0: <sighs> I certainly can try to read. Um, so, uh, <laughs> Balhanoth's lair is in the Shadowfell. Balhanoths make their lairs near places inhabited by creatures they hunt. They typically hunt well-traveled roads and paths, snatching tape... <laughs> Snatching people, Uh snatching people who come along. A Balhanoth that has been captured and exploited by drought might lair in caves near underdark passages and guard the way in and out of the drought enclave. So they have lair actions because fuck you, that's fine. Um <laughs> When fighting inside their lair, a Balhanoth can use lair actions on initiative count 20, and they lose initiative ties, as all monsters do with this initiative count. A Balhanoth can take one lair action to cause one of the following effects. The Balanoth cannot use the same lair action two rounds in a row. Hmm. So, for the first step, which is a bold paragraph, the Balhanoth warps reality around in the area up to 500 feet square. Wow. After 10 minutes, the terrain in the area reshapes to assume the appearance of a location sought by one intelligent creature whose mind the Balhanoth has read. See regional effects below. The transformation affects non-living material only and can't create anything that with moving parts or magical properties. Any object created in this area is upon close inspection revealed to be fake. Books are filled with empty pages. Golden items are obviously uh, counterfeits and so on. The transformation lasts until the Balanoth dies or uses this lair action again. The Balanoth targets one creature as a secondary lair action uh, within 500 feet of it. The target can succeed on a DC 16 Wisdom saving throw, or the uh, or fail. But sorry, the target must succeed on a DC 16 Wisdom saving throw, or the target, along with whatever it is wearing and carrying, teleports to an unoccupied space at the Balanoth's choice within 60 feet of it because it's hungry. Oh wow! The Balanoth targets one creature as its tertiary action within 500 feet of it. The target must succeed on a DC 16 Wisdom saving throw, or the Balanoth becomes invisible to that creature for one minute. The effect ends if the Balanoff attacks the target, so it can attack the rest of the party, not the target. So imagine it's just kind of like, goodbye, barbarian. I'm invisible, and then just fucks the rest of the party up, and then just like, hello, barbarian. It's just you and me now.
1: Well, it could see his companions, right?
0: Uh, the they could see it. The, the sorry. When- what do you mean?
1: So the person who cannot see the Balhanath can still see their.
0: It can yes. Their friends. But it, they're taking damage from an unknown force. Okay. Um, the regional containing uh, or the regional effects include creatures within one mile of Balanath Lair experience a sensation of being close to whatever they desire most. The sensation grows stronger the closer the creature comes to the Balanath Layers. Wouldn't it be nice if this has kind of like a serotonin dopamine effect of just like you know you feel satisfied like something's nearby. Like, it's like Xanax hmm. and everything else. Calmness and closeness for what you need.
1: Gross. Uh, the
0: Balhanoth <laughs> can sense the strongest desires of humans within one mile of it and learn whether those desires involve a place, a safe location to rest, a temple, home, or somewhere else. If the Balhanoth dies, the the effects end immediately, which would be sad. Like you have this beautiful lair or whatever. There's and then no just more like,
1: kinkos. The kinkos just kinko's vanishes. Is gone. And you're no. in a dirty cave.
0: <laughs> just a sad, dirty cave in a shopping mall. And that's all you have. And you're just holding rocks. <laughs> <laughs> my book, my manuscript is
1: collated. Now it's just rocks. Oh, I... And all you've done is beat it to unrecognizable <laughs> <Go>. with rocks. <laughs> Take this
0: so how would you describe this creature it looks like a booger
1: um it reminds me of we discussed them chokers yeah
0: oh no not chokers um the the shit what are they called i
1: thought that's what they were called
0: chokers are the thing that have like the loopy lubby arms right
1: Aren't those the ones that like
0: stalactite things
1: yeah that's what i was thinking of are those called chokers Guys, we do pay
0: attention to it. We we, we we talked about it. Therefore, we it is did. on our list right in front of us. So we should uh, be able to fucking it read. It's right there. That's the different one. That's the one with the um, long arms. That are... Ropers. 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 We know how to read. Ropers. It looks like a roper that kind of fell over and then grew more tentacles. Yeah. And it has teeth. It kind of has like the body of like a weird slug.
1: It reminds me of a roper because it looks like it's attached to the ceiling. Yeah,
0: I think it is. It looks but like it's, it's attached to a wall. Or something it doesn't like. say that it's like... When if, if it's standing completely still, you can't discern it from rock. So it's not. It's got. I'm assuming some type of weird texture to it. It is an aberration. Mm-hmm. So it's. You know, it's squishy and gooey at the same time. It
1: speed's only twenty five feet.
0: That's that's a dwarf speed.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm just. I'm looking at. I could still hustle. Glancing over the thing. And so I would you like to
0: anything. go over its stat block?
1: Uh, sure. Uh-huh. Are we Make, ready just for stat yeah. blocks? Yeah. Okay. There is a little bit of flavor text on the page. It says, There are no virtues in the Shadowfell. Thanks to the Balhanath, even hope is punished with death.
0: Wow. Amen.
1: These people are just going to make you. Th- like, I feel this would be.
0: The worst fucking Kinkos ever?
1: The worst Kinkos ever, but also a way to really psychologically torture your players. Amen. Like, this reminds me of Call of Cthulhu type stuff.
0: Oh, that's fucked up. Yeah, you give them something happy that they're looking they're, for, and they and then feel okay because, like, it even it
1: says that when you're in a mile of their lair, you get that sense of like good, and what you're looking for is so close, so naturally you're gonna follow it.
0: And they know your desire, so then they yeah. can spend the lair action being like, "Let me craft the perfect mall." Yeah, and the perfect mall. <laughs> this angsty teenager is looking for a mall. <laughs> this
1: <laughs> your bard is just looking for a place to play, and yep. the rogue just wants. Robust pockets to pick. I don't know.
0: Okay. That'd be a little hard. It's just rocks. And they lose their oh, It's just pockets full of rocks. It's just
1: pockets full of rocks. How sad. Okay. About Hanneth is a large aberration and it's chaotic evil. Naturally. Um, has <laughs> a natural As you do. As you do uh, it has a natural armor class of 17. It has a minimum of 114 up to 168 hit points. Damn. It has a speed, a walking speed and a climbing speed of 25 feet. It, it's pretty good. It's got it's it's a min-max type stat block. Uh, with a strength of 17 at a plus three, a dex of eight at a negative one, a con of eighteen at a plus four, intelligence at a six and minus two, a wisdom of fifteen with a plus two, and a charisma of eight with a negative one modifier, respectively. Um it's a saving throw of a con. It gets a plus eight to that. It has perception at a plus six. Cannot be blinded. It ain't got no eyes. It ain't got no eyes. Um, <laughs> but it knows you're there. It knows when you're sleeping. It knows when you're awake.
0: <laughs> oh, a balling off Santa. This
1: is Santa. <laughs> <laughs> um, it just gives
0: you coal, but it's in the shape of something cool that you want to And wanted. it's going to
1: suck your brain out and stuff. Okay. Um, It has blind sight at 500 feet. Beyond that, it is blind with its no eyes. Passive perception of 16. It can understand deep speech and has telepathy up to one mile. It's a CR 11. And if you beat this, it's 7,200 XP. It has legendary resistance at two times a day. If the Balanhanath fails a saving throw, it can choose to succeed instead. Because fuck you, that's why. <laughs> it does have tentacle attack. It's a melee weapon with a plus 7 to hit and a reach of 10 feet. uh, with one target. On a hit you do 10 up to 15 bludgeoning damage and the target is grappled, uh, needs a DC 15 to escape and is moved up to 5 feet toward the Balhanath. Until this grapple ends, the target is restrained and the Balhanath cannot use this tentacle against other targets. The Balhanath has 4 tentacles. So it's
0: got 2 more than a Roper.
1: In that special. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I feel like those are kind of from the same
0: family. I think a roper is an Aberration. Let me double check. I don't remember.
1: Um, The Balhanath can take three legendary actions, choosing from the options below of Bite Attack, Teleport, or Vanish. Only one legendary action can be used at a time, and only at the end of another creature's turn. Balhanath regains spent legendary actions at the start of its turn. So it has the Bite Attack. Uh, It makes one Bite Attack against one creature it has grappled. It can teleport, the Balhanath magically teleports along with any equipment it is wearing or carrying and any creatures it has grappled up to 60 feet into an unoccupied space it can see. Then it can vanish, and the Balhanath magically becomes invisible for up to 10 minutes or until immediately after it makes an attack roll.
0: Wow. And so I just kind of had a fucked up thought with this. That's why it's so new. So, um, one, if it can be invisible for 10 minutes, it can resurface the terrain again. Hmm. Because it takes 10 minutes to use its lair action to convert the terrain into something else. So, I think this would be a very interesting way to use kind of a. You're going through a Balhanath and it's trying, or Balhanath, however we're fucking saying it. Uh, It it essentially just cycles through the party's um, wants and desires. Yeah. And I think this would be a good way if you have a high level party and not everyone's kind of been upfront and personal about everything, it will actually show you what they've been looking for and kind of explain what they are. And it would be great if you could take the Bahans to be like, fuck, it's round one. I'm barely alive. Goes invisible for a minute, warps reality around the entire party and changes the setting that they're in. Hmm. And then because up to 500 feet, theoretically, it could warp a giant hole in the ground if it wanted to because reasons it
1: could it's a very formidable very it's very much a um a role play monster like it is. yes you it, it'd be great for it uh, for fighting just because it is a really heavy hitter and it has some pretty
0: fucked up moves
1: boss moves man but um also because you have very much The freedom as a DM to really mess with your players. This would be like a good turning point type monster. Mm -hmm. Um, If you need a direct shift or something in your campaign, I can totally see someone doing this where I know sometimes in our parties, we have problems, everybody connecting. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is a way to force them to do that if you have to.
0: Yeah. Or at least for others to see their desires put in front of them. Mm -hmm. And that might be something you as the DM have interpreted yourself. Like if, Somebody is like, man, we've been on the road forever. The party might just come across a nice tavern with great service or it's empty. It's kind of pay as you go because it can't make anything moving. So I can't have humanoids coming in and be like, hey, here's a tiny gnome who wants to feed you money or get to feed you whatever. It just has food and stuff. Would it have food? Can it make food? I
1: think it could make food. But like it said, everything is a little bit off.
0: So it's all McDonald's. (laughs)
1: Like it's just, I would think it'd be like weird food, like Rural. it's trying to make chicken, but it looks Turkey. like <laughs> a fish. I don't
0: know. This everything tastes like chicken,
1: or like you drink, you eat the fish and it tastes like chicken, and yeah. then you drink that. would Be good too. It's kind you that's drink of that's a very
0: coffee, but it tastes exactly like a that's mom. a very
1: Matrix thing to do. Yeah. Like, Whoops, I, if you really want a Matrix type monster, this is one to get it because it's gonna. It's if you have enough of them in one spot, I swear, I, I think of. The big towers they had all the humans on in the Matrix. I've never seen the Matrix. What is wrong with you?
0: A lot of things, but let's not discuss that in podcast form.
1: <laughs> okay. So they have essentially, it's like a spire and it goes all the way up. And there are like human bodies like stacked all the way up. Like they're sleeping in like a little pod and they're hooked up through their nasal passages and they have the breathing stuff, but they also have like the implant in their head. So it tells them what they're seeing. So I'm like, that could be definitely something. And then the glitches are things like deja vu and the things that would get wrong or repeat uh, and stuff like gotcha. that. Gotcha. Like so, empty books. Yeah. Like fucking empty books. <laughs> That's so creepy. Cause you could, as a, if you're a good storyteller, this is a great monster to use. There the possibilities of it. And the amount you could fuck with your players is great.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think it's great. Did the Candyman want any specific ideas?
1: Um, No. He just said that this was something he wanted to discuss. He's working on a campaign featuring many aberrations, and this thing is definitely going to make an appearance.
0: Oh, it should make an appearance. What if it's a good one?
1: They, well, it's... Alignment's chaotic evil.
0: But the drow can take it over. It's it's also not very wise. Or it's wise, it's not very intelligent. So I well, feel like you could probably trick it a little bit.
1: You probably could. You probably have to trap it. Yeah. And then you'd have to hope that it doesn't, you know, fuck with you. Yeah.
0: But I think it'd be nice if every now and then it just kind of gave you, like, a, what you're looking for. It would be like, what if a Balanoth ran, like, a day spa? Oh no. like... <laughs> You started off... All
1: your with, cognitive toxins get removed. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but you started off with just being where you want to be for that day. Um, It can essentially make multiple rooms up for everyone. It has 500 feet of space. It could do a lot of stuff. So I think that'd be interesting. Like, it makes a wizard tower for the wizard so he can finish his research and all sorts of shit. Like,
1: I think it's, it's a great kind of thing. I also wonder... It, I don't know if it specifically says it, like... If me and you are at a party and we come against this creature, would it show something different to both of us? Or would it just show me everything that you want or just show you everything I want? It
0: can only modify that space for one person. It could, well, it can read the thoughts, but it takes 10 minutes to make whatever it wants. Hmm. So it could make like a 500 square foot village, which isn't too, too much. No. <laughs> but it could just kind of make like two 250 square foot shops. For whatever both of us want in that space.
1: Hmm. Interesting. No. It's a very interesting monster. Uh, you could do a lot of things with it.
0: Definitely. I'm. Thank you for pointing this out, Candyman.
1: <laughs> thank you. Um. The next one is another listener question type thing. They were very interested in traps. This is from Jason Palmer, also from Facebook, and. We just through Messenger told him of our favorite traps, which are the Newtonian fluid that Zach made into lava. Right. Yes. And then mine. I forgot which one it was. <laughs> which one did I send him?
0: Um, you answered for yourself.
1: I did. Uh, oh, the spyglass as, oh. a, as a trapped item
0: uh i hate that spyglass because yeah because i made you use it <laughs> yep you um, made me use it after like this it happened where i told her about it and the next day we played and i got stabbed in the eye so do you want you wanna... didn't make the save i'm I sorry make save. <laughs> so we've, we've kind of talked about these in the past and just kind of to give a description of them the way i i created the lava trap was it prevented flying that wasn't natural so like if you were an aarakocra you could technically fly because your wings are non-magical but it would neutralize magic above it like flying carpets and everything you couldn't just fly across it and the lava would hurt if you stand in it but if you ran across it it would act as a solid and it wouldn't burn you and you take reduced damage just going from island to island in the lava pit um, it started out though with a rolling boulder yeah Which somehow the party managed to stop from murdering them. They managed to stop it from hitting them and then got into a side alcove and it rolled past them because whatever they used to stop it failed. Um, As they got down to the bottom of it, I gave them hints that one, the boulder should have hit the lava and sunk and splattered lava everywhere. But instead, it seemed to have rolled way farther than you expected it to and it sunk on the other side of the room. Mm -hmm. So I remember. (laughs) In that case, that was kind of the why would this boulder skid across the earth or molten earth uh, as their hint. Um, it works well. They take very little damage running across it and a lot of damage falling in it and taking their time.
1: I would also, uh, with that, also put in there that there were about six of us at that table and none of us for a long time. It was about 45 minutes. Like, and everyone, okay, because I remember my character wanted to just run across. Yeah, I was like no nah, man there's something there's something up I'm just gonna run across and they talked me out of it so.
0: yeah. at one point one party member um had a collection of nails
1: oh god no no one's talking about the nails it's not even a trap it's just a trap for conversation it's a tra-
0: <laughs> either way it wasn't <laughs> You're such a good friend. uh It was more of a—he um he tried to nail them into the wall to step across. So he was hammering nails into a stone wall while trying to walk across them, which of course required a skill check, and they just ended up falling in the lava. uh So always bring your bag of nails, and don't
1: bring a bag of nails.
0: You had the shitty spyglass of doom. So, I did, which I spiced up a little bit when I said that one.
1: Don't do that one though. Anyway, um. So this DM, budding DM, this is his first campaign.
0: What's their name? Bless
1: your heart. This is Jason Palmer. Hey Jason. Um and if you're looking for beginner traps, there's nothing like the old trapped treasure box um, poison needles. You know, push pressure activated like tiles, arrow holes, um there are plenty of things you can use, especially for level one, that aren't going to just flat out murder your mm-hmm. party.
0: The DM's book, as well as Xanathar's, has guides on traps.
1: And there's tons of things, like on Reddit. You can look up, just Google it. You will find so much stuff from people who have so many ideas, ranging from various difficulties. Some involve monsters, some involve just trapped items. There's rugs of smothering. There's the flying sword. There are Those are monsters. Yeah. Technically. Those, those are monsters. So fucked up. And so there's also mimics. You can make a mimic out of almost anything. Anything. So don't be afraid. Don't think it just has to be something that you're putting out on the map. It can be anything. Anything can be a trap or a puzzle. Puzzles are always good. A puzzle and a trap is even the best.
0: Jamie loves puzzles.
1: I do love puzzles. I'm just really bad at them.
0: (laughs) I would say, though, when you're dealing with a mimic or if you are not a very trap heavy person, Put one or two in and then just leave them alone for a bit. If you really want to build fear and and suspense at a campaign, put a trap and then never do it again for a bit until they get comfortable and then be like, traps everywhere.
1: I recently posted on our social media. It was, (laughs) it's one of those like old timey looking memes. And it's like, we rolled, we're rolling to check for traps. And it's like, they made a 19. It's like, we want to roll again. We want to check again. I was like, yeah, you put one trap door and they, it will scar them for life.
0: You put one mimic and everything's a fucking mimic. Like, They'll panic. Is this Fork a mimic?
1: You don't know until you put it in your mouth. <laughs> a mimic? Okay. So have you seen Beauty and the Beast?
0: I've seen Beauty and the Beast, Okay, yes.
1: So you remember in the cartoon where it's the, all the silverwares on the chandelier is during Be Our Guest? Uh-huh. I can just see that being like a whole bunch of fucking mimics. Fucking
0: mimics. <laughs> Just... be our guest be our guest
1: <laughs> you just have I'll bury this legions in your chest. <laughs> legions of silverware coming at um, you. shoot so it's they also have um all the like the black ooze and um all cubes. those cubes gelatinous cubes all those you can use you know sprinkle in sprinkle them in there for all that
0: no yep. there, there's a lot you can do with some monsters as traps um I find like haunted armor suits. There's some very like fucked up armors that are like seven or higher CRs, so maybe not for a first level party. But do, do we want to go over the spyglass?
1: We talked about it on uh, that episode. We talked about traps, which was not uh, a touch screen.
0: Oh, episode 23 Dryads, Rubbers, Traps, and Cursed Island. There you yeah, go, episode 23. We hopefully think that's correct. So, okay,
1: one more thing and then. One more thing. One more. Uh so you guys like apparently loved the seven rings that we talked about. Thanks for the over two thousand likes.
0: You would have put a ring on it.
1: Wow. Um
0: <laughs> So if you if you're new and listening to this because you saw that post, where have you been? How'd you find us? What happened? What did we do right? <laughs> oh, gosh. Like it was
1: it's so it's so weird when I go to check our Instagram and it says hundred plus and I'm like, who the hell <laughs> is liking all our damn stuff? It's not that fun. It's not that fun. Don't but do it. But thank you. But thank you for real. And uh, Zach told me when we were at lunch we have over 5,500 downloads. Yes. So that's monumental. We've got like, it's not it's not it's not a lot compared to just tons of people, but uh, we have more followers on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all that type of stuff. You guys are really being very active and we appreciate it. Um, so yeah, but I did get a lot of feedback on these seven rings, and there was questions like um a lot of them said they were really op. Totally, yes, get that. yeah, definitely should they, be. They're upper definitely level
0: weapon I- or items like the one where you can eat stuff and constantly regain health. I would definitely put a cap on that, where um, you could only like
1: RCL thirty seven says the same thing. Gluttony's drawback seems a little weak in my opinion; makes it a little op.
0: So I think I actually respond to he that did. one. Um so I eventually said, one, I would limit to how much you could eat, but the alternative would be cannibalism.
1: Yeah. So like eventually it, you hunger because, for human flesh. Because these are cursed magic items. Yes. So that's one thing you really want to harp on is that there is a penalty to either one wearing it for a prolonged amount of time mm-hmm. or putting it on and off again for certain amount of time. Yeah. And then I also had, and this will be the last one because I know this is supposed to be a short episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. We don't do that.
0: Um, We're almost at thirty.
1: So one listener, uh, Prisma shattered, Prism shattered. Sorry. At what rarities would you put these, or to say what level of PC seems according? And like I responded to to this one, it's a really hard call. It it depends on how much you how much importance these rings are. If it's the the foundation of your entire campaign oh hell yeah they're they're legendary
0: they're one they're, one. they're hard to find like there's you only might one. Have one of them in the party like the smallest weakest one Not the, they're all pretty powerful yeah but i would put something as like this is your introductory ring everyone's looking for these so be careful with them yeah. or maybe your quest evolves around it like the church is trying to find the rings of seven deadly sins because eventually if they're all collected and worn you release the seven deadly sins
1: whatever. yeah um my I think my suggestion there was like, if it's the thing that they're looking for, like if the goal of the campaign, we have to find these seven rings and bring them together for some reason.
0: They are definitely not common. Yeah, they're
1: not common. They're not rare. They are wondrous items. Like they're, they're one of a kind,
0: wondrous, legendary items.
1: So that would be my thing. But you, I wouldn't make them too common anyway, just because they're cursed and cursed yeah. items are not supposed to be all the same. Like there shouldn't be. Yeah another set of seven rings with the same drawbacks and everything.
0: I would put it as a kind of a beneficial, if it's beneficial, it has to probably be like the one that says that you can constantly regain health from eating one sets the limitations, but that's probably 10th level or higher type gear where you, you need to be able to chip away at their HP almost as much as they're able to regain. With
1: Yeah. You have to keep it balanced. So, but you definitely, with something like that, and once again, uh, thanks out to the creator of that, you definitely have the freedom as a DM to do whatever you need. And to adjust the how much you use with it accordingly.
0: Mm, so the seven daily rings Uh-oh. were created by Morseth's Homebrew. Thanks. M-O-R-S-E-T-H Homebrew. Thank you, more, Seth. Thank you, Morseth. You did great.
1: <laughs> we love your rings. We just don't know how to use them.
0: So I, as a DM, though, you need to work out those those kind of items. Like anytime you find a homebrew item, it hasn't been playtested and you have to approach it with what limitations are you putting on it? Mm-hmm. What can they do every day with this? Um, I do agree that the, uh, the love ring or lust ring was a little odd.
1: It is. It, but it's something I would not... Because this isn't canon. It's not canon. You can change it up. You can f- fiddle with it. You can... Uh, handle the drawbacks and the rewards and all that type of stuff but remember if you as anything you have to be consistent you must be consistent if you're going to change it make sure the changes are constant make sure everyone understands what's going on and also make sure you very plainly tell your person who's either looking for these or has found it these are cursed items something bad will happen if you keep
0: playing it don't be like it's cursed good luck motherfucker I mean if they
1: identify it and like oh
0: identify doesn't tell you oh it doesn't
1: tell we did talk about that in episode 23 where we talked about cursed items yeah guys you should totally watch our episodes so i yes, watch it
0: find it online and just stare at that play (laughs) button (laughs) i would say give hints to it that it is cursed and (laughs) as a dm you can whenever you bring homebrew material in you should always bring that up to the party whether it's a home home ruling as or anything like that but also just say hey this is homebrewed I'm working on some of the kinks uh it might be modified and, and you can see this in popular shows in general like I know cuz I reference critical role cuz I have a problem Matt Mercer will constantly change his character creations whether that's the blood hunter or the monk he'll modify those stats to kind of make it a better play cuz he's had more experience with it if you shove one of these rings in your game and you find that that player is way too powerful the curse might take effect and The ring might change its properties. You can work it into a story driven portion of it, but if your players are understanding, just say, hey, I gave you too much power on that ring, especially if you give it to like a fifth level player and you think, wow, this is too much. Yeah. Then scale it down with some restrictions and go from there. But also, it's cursed. So, you know, sometimes you got to lose it.
1: (laughs) Curses be cursing. Yep.
0: So we want to thank all of our listeners for listening to us. We really appreciate it as we've been kind of making more and more episodes. Uh, we are making a few changes, as in uh, we're probably going to drop the dungeon doodles because time is of the essence and I need to graduate. Uh, so do you have anything to add?
1: I do not. Hmm. So I'm we'll good.
0: be back with another episode soon regarding monsters and tips. <laughs> <I'm hurting> monsters. Lores <laughs> <Monsters. laughs> and legends of D&D. And we're having... I'm going to announce it because that means we have to do it. Okay. We're going to have a new logo. We wanted to thank the creator of our logo. So I want to say it's Graphite is what she goes by. Let oh. me double check. So you can follow her at Graphite underscore the underscore dragon. Sorry, Graphite underscore dragon. She does some amazing art. We had this commission. There's a V in there. There is a V, but it's not in her handle. You can follow Graphite the Dragon at graphite underscore dragon. (laughs) She does a lot of great Pokemon art. I really enjoy it because I've been playing Pokemon again because I'm an adult and I can. So she's got a bunch of great art on there. Check it out. We love our new doodle. We're just really slow and shitty people when it comes to making progress on our own decisions. And we couldn't pick a font. So... Well, been happening, great commissions i don't know if her commissions are open but that's something you can ask because i'm not your mom so <laughs> have, have a good one thanks for listening happy new year happy new year